Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. And did you see that Ketel Marte walk-off hit against the Houston Astros? He was a little unexciting, but the D-backs, it doesn't matter if it's exciting or not. We need wins, so we're breaking down the whole Astros series next with Brett Wheelhouse of Locked on Astros. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out your website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there. You can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. This podcast is brought to you by the Lock On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. But Brett Wehouse of Lockdown Astros and I are breaking down the series, game one, game two, talking about what went right, what went wrong. So it's a whole long discussion with Brett. So let's jump right into it. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we are your daily Astros podcast. I'm H-Town Wheelhouse, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at H-Town Wheelhouse. You can find the show at Locked On Astros on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find me at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, even when we split with the Diamondbacks, always Stros. And to my right or left, however you're looking at the screen like me or you're watching the show, Millard, Shane Thomas, the incomparable host of Locked On Diamondbacks. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brett, for having me. I got to ask, who does your intro? Because I've never heard my name in my intro. I heard Eric, the man Heisman. Who? Where did you get that intro from? So that is from a guy named Columbus Trey. He okay. is an aspiring, he's a young aspiring African-American filmmaker, graduated with honors from USC. He's got both Houston and LA ties. Um, the dude is a voice actor. Columbus Trey is, a, he's an amazing human being. And I just reached out to him one day. I said, hey, can we can we grab your voice as the intro? He said, man, I would love to do it. And we were allowed to keep his voice um, okay. as our intro. And because he did a favor for us, Locked On did a favor um, for us as well to keep it. So that's who it is. Columbus Trey, you can actually find him on Twitter. Okay, I might have to reach out to him because that was pretty sick. I might need a little nickname for myself for the Miller Thomas Locked On Dimebacks podcast. But hey, we got a great series to talk about because I would like to think if aliens came down from the stars and never watched these two teams before, if they just watched this series, they probably would have thought these two teams are on the same playing field. <laughs> well, you know, when we left winning three of the four games in Los Angeles, Joe Madden's claimed that that we and the Angels were very close, that we're very comparable. And now we don't have Trout, we don't have Otani, we don't have Rendon. But like, and you know, Noah Syndergaard in his own right pitched, pitched a great game coming back. You'd love to see a guy come back from injury do that. But yeah, you know, baseball is funny. 
Um, if you get too close to it, be careful because it's going to break your heart. And if you would have told me the series was going to go the way it did, I would have said there's no way. Like we come into Arizona, we easily win these first two games. We probably put up seven, eight, nine runs, put up a crooked number in both games. Maybe Arizona competes in one game and then say la vie, we're out of town. But that didn't happen. It seemed like it was mm-hmm. this classic 1980s pitchers duel. Yeah, if you watched uh, the if you watched the first game with Madison Bumgarner on the mound, I you know before that game I would have maybe agreed with you, Brett. Like, yeah, you might get seven or eight against Madison Bumgarner tonight. But the game two with Merrill Kelly on the mound, I've been pounding the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. He's gonna have a great bounce back season from last year. We're gonna get 2020 Kelly back. He's gonna pitch to around a three five ERA because I truly believe Kelly's the most under one of the most underrated arms in baseball. I'm not saying he's a frontline starter or anything like that, but is he a pretty good number three, number four starter in rotation? I think he is. And we've seen it through two starts already. Once against the San Diego Padres, where he struck out seven and four innings. And then today he looked really good and really dominant against that Houston Astros lineup, who despite not having Carlos Correa anymore, I still like that lineup a lot. I still think you got boppers up and down that lineup and you still have to respect their offense a lot. No, in that, and that's the thing. I mean, we were down Jordan Alvarez due to a stomach bug. Yuli had been on paternity leave. Maybe there's some issues there with him just coming back, you know, having a slow start. And to me, Millard, it it almost looks like because someone made this comment and I was thinking about it online. And if if I knew who it was, I would totally give them credit. But they said it's almost like our bats are in spring training mode right now. Because, you know, Dusty Baker has been putting out these lineups and these helter-skelter, like this guy leads off, this guy gives at the bottom, this guy's, you know, like Siri has a great game and then he sits and all this stuff. And I think they're maybe they're overcoaching matchups a little bit. I love going with the hot hand, giving a guy a couple of days to get in a groove. But also, I wasn't on deck when Hank Aaron um, hit, the, hit the record home run. So I don't really have a whole lot of change in my pocket to criticize. But at the end of the day, I mean – the bats just didn't show up. That lineup that you talk about that is so potent, it it when it when it goes away, it absolutely vanishes. You know, um, after that thirteen run game in Los Angeles, we haven't really done much offensively. Yeah, I think the spring training point is a good one because that's kind of the excuse I'm clutching my pearls to as well because I don't have anything else if it's not extended spring training. And it might not be, but I would like to think it is because even guys like Ketel Marte, who we know is an established superstar player in baseball, even he can't get it done. I mean, he had a sack fly today for the walk-off win and he only got it. Well, he didn't only get it. It would have been deep enough to score the run, but you see the error by the outfielder out there. So for the D-backs, I think the spring training point, it's a good one, not only because of the D-backs, because you look around, the entire Major League Baseball Association. And this is going on with pretty much all the teams. Like we saw today with the LA Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game through seven innings. And what did Dave Roberts do? He pulled Kershaw, which Kershaw also agreed with because let's let's face it, the man is like almost 40 years old and he needs to rest that arm. So he can't go out there and pitch 100 plus pitches in his starting debut of 2022. So I think we're going to see this a lot in baseball, at least through the first couple turns in the rotation, first two or three starts. You're going to see your pitchers maybe not go out there and throw as many pitches as you would like. We saw that with Luis Garcia in game one. And also your batters, they might start off slow. Now, when it's not every batter, I mean, we saw Vlad Guerrero Jr. tonight just hit three bombs. So not every wow. player is going to start off slow. But I think some teams like the D-backs and Astros, I think it's okay if we use the excuse that this is just extended spring training and our batters need a little bit more time to get acclimated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what we have to realize for us, you know, as commentators or fans or just people that really have never touched a major league diamond, unless we maybe ran the bases as kids 
or if some of us get to report before games, like we don't fully understand the grind that they go through, the evening games, the night games, the traveling, the not going through regular spring training. We think that's where a lot of the injuries popped up last year, um, especially. And you had that COVID shortened season. You had those issues and just anything you do to take the pitchers or the players out of their routine. I mean, just for example, when they took away the spider tack midway through the season, I was like, why are you taking something away that they're completely used to using halfway through the season? Like <laughs> you, you can't change these guys routine and they're not all spring chickens they're not all Wander Francos they're not all Vlagro juniors but even the young guys and I think sometimes the young guys might tend to get hurt more because your Justin Verlanders are more seasoned your Madison Bumgarners your Clayton Kershaw's your Zach Grinkies they know how to take on the workload they don't have that pride then they're not going to go out there and grind and hurt themselves over a win or a loss this early in the season um, but yeah, you know, today's game, I mean, you look at it, Luis Garcia, I mean, Framer Valdez on the mound, just control issues. Um, I think I tweeted out earlier of his first, like, you know, 50 pitches or so he had, most of them were, were like over half of them were outside of the zone whenever he is not locating his curveball because he didn't put, he only threw like three, three fastballs. His, his changeup wasn't hitting, his curveball wasn't hitting. And Millard, we talked about this with Mike Stanton, World Series champion and current Astros commentator, about his delivery and the way he holds the ball, the way he turns his wrist. I mean, everything is arm slot. When it's not in rhythm, it throws everything off. Because in some of those, he wasn't missing by much. But when you look at the box score, and I'm looking who he's going against, Kelly, who I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Framber's got this in the bag. Framber had three strikeouts, five walks, um, only gave up two hits and only one run. So you're like, okay, we can handle the walks in one run. Hey, you're going to go win that, right? Well, no, the other guy, your guy, five and a third innings. You know, mm-hmm. Framber only went three innings. Dude, two walks, but listen to this, six strikeouts. This kid goes out there and he looks like the seasoned veteran taking on Framber Valdez, who really had a great start to the year. And um, oh, how the turntables, to quote Michael Scott. Yeah, because Merrill Kelly's like 32. He's like in his early 30s, but it's only his fourth season in Major League Baseball. This was a guy signed out of the Korean League like four years ago. So he's still, even though he's in his early 30s, he's still pretty young in terms of his experience in playing baseball. But I think Christian, or not Christian Javier, I think Framber Valdez really needed Brent Strom today to help coach him up. But the problem is, mm. he's not in that Astros dugout anymore. You know which dugout he's in, Brett? He's in that D-backs dugout helping are out. You, the well, hold on. Are you, are you trying to rub it in? Like I mean, we, this guy. <laughs> I mean, do you, know what we're paying Mad- do you know what we're paying Madison Bumgarner, Brett? Did you see what he did against your team yesterday? <laughs> That's not possible without Brent Strom. I don't care if Madison Bumgarner struggled in his first start and looked good yesterday but not great still on the season Madison Bumgarner has only given up two earned runs and nine innings pitch if you told me that before the start of the season through his first two starts only two earned runs I would say let's give Brent Strom the Cy Young award because that's how important he's been to the staff so far so uh, so we I, can yeah. so we can blame Brent Strom when y'all win too many games and don't get that top draft pick, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to make the postseason. <laughs> I'm not about draft picks. If anyone's listened to Lockdown Dimebacks, I'm not the prospect guy. Don't go to Lockdown MLB Prospects with Lindsey Crosby. I want to see tangible players. I want to see guys on the major league level. Most of those prospects we don't see for three to five years anyway. So give me the legit MLB talent. And I like it. with yeah, so when I look at this game today, it 
I, I don't know if it was a pitching duel because I think a lot of the, I think the D-backs could have won this game convincingly, but even though Framber Valdez struggled, the D-backs were not able to capitalize at all during this game. They had, they were one for 13 with runners in scoring position. And the one run, the one run that they knocked in was that Seth Beer single in the 10th inning where they had three dudes shifted over and he still just hit a freaking missile because Seth Beer has the clutch gene walk off in the first game. He had a single when we were down a couple games ago, and then he had the, the single to tie it up today. Uh, that dude is clutch. And, when I look at that D-backs team, they should have scored a lot more runs today than than what they put up. It felt like Framber Valdez put two runs, uh, two guys on the base paths every inning almost. Every time I looked up, it felt like first and second with one or two runs and the D or with one or two outs. And the D-backs were never able to capitalize. You had that big moment with the bases loaded. Carson Kelly up at the plate. The man has been over on the season. Could have been his first hit of the season. And instead, he pops it out or whatever he did, but he was not able to convert on that opportunity. So D-backs today left 17 men on base, one for 13 were under the scoring position, and somehow they still pulled out the win. Like, how do you feel, Brett, being on the other side of that? Well, I would say it stings, and I'm sure the players hate it, but what we have to keep in perspective is it is only the sixth game of the year. So that right there, you you have a lot of room to correct that, but these are the games. See, we just had a podcast the other day. It was a close game, and it was like these are the games that you're that you're you know not necessarily supposed to win, but the games we were supposed to win last year, we didn't win. Um, and in certain points of the season, and we struggled. We had injury issues. We had pitchers down. And one of the things today, and um, Mister Mister Sahim mentions that mm-hmm. Presley's velo is concerning. I do hope his arm is fine. Now, he addressed this in spring training, not even maybe two weeks ago. He said, look, it's spring training. He he almost gave the Allen Iverson, this is practice. We're talking about practice here. There's there's no adrenaline. There's no crowd. But his velo is down. And I was surprised. Now, I'm not Dusty Baker. I'm not Josh Miller. I'm not any pitching coach. But knowing that Seth Beer got a single off him the night before, I would have felt better leaving Montero in to face him because Montero, or I'm, I'm sorry, I believe it was Neri's. Wait, who? Okay, Neri. <laughs> so it was Montero and then Neri's and then Presley. So Neri's was in there. I personally would have left Neri's back. I would have left him in there um, and let him at least get Seth Beer and then bring in Presley for like a two-out save. Presley just right now something's not right. I don't know if he how he's feeling. Maybe he caught a. Well, maybe he caught a little bit of that bug and he's not 100 percent, but he's not throwing as hard as he can. And when you're a closer, one to two miles an hour or even three miles an hour off of your velocity or off of your you know miles per hour that you're throwing, that can be the difference between a ball that's hit and a ball that's missed by a barrel. And, you know, Seth Beer, I mean, gosh, this guy had a walk off and you already mm-hmm. gave away free beer. We were see that was our idea. Y'all just took it because we gave y'all him for Zach Grinky, yes. him and Josh Rojas and 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 um and Buscakis and and, and, Martin. Uh, and Corbin Martin. But Seth Beer, like, why isn't he number thirty? 
because it should say beer 30 on the on his back. I know it would be so sick if he was. I, and why is he not in the lineup every day? Because he's currently our best offensive player. Maybe you can make the argument for David Peralta, but Seth Beer at every point, I've said this a million times on my podcast, at every point of his career, minor leagues, spring training, the, the Florida, Arizona league, whatever you call it, the, the small sample size on the major league level, he's hit every checkpoint, every point of his career. He's been an unstoppable offensive player and he's continued to show it on the major league level. So I know he sucks defensively but that guy needs to be the everyday universal dh for the d-backs there you go he could be a young poppy <laughs> yeah i would love a, a young big poppy that would be incredible because the d-backs need that power bat in that lineup so here's the thing um you know wrapping up this um this game too congratulations diamondbacks it'll be one of your what 45 50 wins hey <laughs> now hey 52 we're going to 72 okay. this year okay we're going Brent? to 72 i like it yeah. well here's the deal if you want to bet on how many wins that the diamondbacks will get or if if madison bumgarner will throw a nine inning no hitter which i would love to see because he got ripped on that seven inning he still he got did. a no hitter in my book bet Thank online you. is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the start of the Major League Baseball season. Will the Phoenix Coyotes come to Houston and become the new Houston hockey team? Ooh, did I hit a sore subject there? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information for live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today and use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we're the Arizona Coyotes, Brett. We're no longer. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. I was I was going back to the '90s and the Dallas <laughs> yeah. Stars and Mike Madonna days. My bad. And my we're bad locked day. in to coming to ASU, baby. So they're actually moving closer to my yes. apartment. So I'm not too bad. I'm not too Four, mad about it. Four thousand seat stadium or whatever. Hey, I'm sellouts. <laughs> Sell out every freaking game. <laughs> I go to. Hey, you know what? I. I go to a fight for a hockey game to break out, right? That's what you're mm-hmm. supposed to say with hockey. So, all right, man. So we talked about game two. It mm-hmm. was glorious for you guys. Good job. You know, actually, Millard, I've, I've been to that stadium. Chase? Um, I, I was I was at the stadium when it was, I think it was called Bank One Ballpark when I, when I attended. Um, it was when Woody Williams, Albert Pujols, Jim Edmonds, all of them played for the Cardinals. Okay. Um, and a buddy of mine grew up with Woody Williams, and I went to go – I actually bought tickets. Uh, I was at some youth pastor convention when I was in youth ministry, and my friend was actually pastoring in the town. He said, hey, we're going to meet Woody after the game. You know, I grew up with him, and so I got to go down there. I'm standing right outside the clubhouse, meet all the Cardinals. But that stadium was, to me, it was huge because, you know, Minute Maid, we had gone from the Astrodome to Minute Maid, and Minute Maid was, like, so small, and this place was, like, just huge. Loved it. I love that stadium. Um, if if we ever get back there, I'll let you know we'll have to hit a game oh, together. For for sure, Brett. You let me know if you come out here to Arizona. I'll show you a good time. We'll hit Old Town or Scottsdale or something. Uh-oh. That sounds Uh-oh. that sounds a lot of fun. I don't know. You might be getting some boomer vibes on that on that uh, evening. That, hey, hey, we love all ages out here. We accept everyone around here. We just want <laughs> nice. a party. It's all about the That's, vibes. It's all good, man. So the Astros won two to one. Now, what's interesting about these games is they're both low scoring. Um, the Astros managed eight hits in in game one. Hector Neri's actually got the win. Presley did get the save, so you know he didn't look terrible. His velo was still down. Um, but in this game, and there's a guy that you want to talk to that you want to talk about that I mentioned um, early on the show. You know, right before we started recording, Brantley had a multi hit game, and then Jose Siri had a multi hit game. You know, we got our stud shortstop Jeremy Pena. 
What do you think about this guy, Jose Siri? He's he's pretty fun to watch, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty fun to watch because I love speedsters. It's a part of the game that is just kind of a dying breed. Like we don't see a lot of speedsters anymore. And if we do, they're not allowed to utilize their speed. So it was fun to see Jose Siri actually be allowed to utilize that speed because when he hit that double late in the game yesterday, right to Paven Smith, he as soon as that ball left his bat, he was already thinking too. He was already taking that big turnaround first base. And he probably also knew the scouting report on Paven Smith and knew that he's a first baseman playing right field. So I think as soon as he saw Paven Smith get that ball, he's like, I'm going to second base and this guy cannot outthrow me because I think there could have been a play at second that could have been close if it was like a Jake McCarthy or at least a, a legit outfielder in right field for the D-backs yesterday. But with Paven Smith out there, I mean, there was no chance you're throwing out Jose Siri. But can you actually explain to me like what you think his potential is is he a legit everyday major leaguer because i mean i haven't seen a lot of him i haven't seen any of him but i just saw him these past two days and he seemed like a pretty damn good player so what can you actually tell me about siri for my fans so i'm glad you asked me because one of my friends who follows the um follows the minor leagues a lot closer than i do a guy named mark white he goes by ghost Stros one on twitter um he basically sent this to me today and it fits in perfectly Pipatula with the Astros said in the winter 2021 advanced scouting thinks that we found an elite defender in Siri. Um, we both talked about him and I talked about Chaz and Siri being platoons. And the play that he sent me was the one that he ran down the ball that almost hit the fence. He said it was so effortless him getting to the ball. Um, even if he can't hit as often as he can, he's far better than I think Jason Marisnik was or or could be. He's got that kind of elite glove. And I know people are like, whoa, you know, stepping on Marisnik toes there, that, that's kind of crazy because people love Jake Marisnik for his glove. But he's got the ability. He's got a high upside. Um, the problem is the plate discipline. The problem is getting on base, um, yeah. getting hits. He, I, mean, I mean, obviously he hit a 456 tank. Um, foot tank in the in the first game, mm-hmm. but he's a lot of famine or feast. He can leg out a single. I think Siri's got a lot of tools. I I think in the league overall, he's probably underappreciated, undervalued, but he's proving it. See, as a coach, this is what I tell my athletes: it's not about how many minutes you're in the game, it's how you play when you're in the game. So if you get two minutes or if you get two innings, if you play the best in those two minutes or two innings, you're going to earn more playing time. I really hope that even in these platoons, that they don't overcoach these splits, that if Jose Siri goes off three for five and hits a home run and steals two bases and steals home, that he gets rewarded a second game in a row. And I know they're playing matchups, and I know they have all the stats and stuff that I don't have in front of me or or rolling off my tongue. But when you got a guy that's got a hot hand, why not let him get in a rhythm? Why not let him go out there and have more opportunities? Because even if he doesn't do well the first couple at bats, they just throw the second guy in. Tell him, hey, man, you need a rest. You did good. Maybe you're maybe you're trying too hard. But Jose Siri, a lot of people like him in Houston. We don't know what his staying power is. We don't know if he's a trade piece down the road. We don't know if he is the fourth outfielder because Pedro Leon is coming. And in 2023, I predict Pedro Leon will be the starting center fielder for the Houston Astros. Yeah, you're speaking my language because this is I've this is a problem I've had with the D-backs when it comes to managing players because I think they've just leaned too heavily into the splits. There's a righty on the mound. We only have to use our lefty batters today. Or there's a lefty on the mound. Only right-handed batters in the lineup today. Seth Beer is the most consistent offensive player we have. And every time there's a lefty on the mound, he always sits for some random dude that's not going to do anything for the offense. So I think 
we see this in baseball. We all know about the analytics game and we need analytics in baseball. We need these stats and we need these numbers, but there has to be a point where you say, Hey, that dude is just balling. No matter who's on the mound, let's stop worrying about the splits. Let's stop worrying about all these situational stats. If a dude is on fire, just keep letting him ride it out until he loses that hot streak or whatever it is. So I think we've seen, uh, a lot of these managers play too much into the splits, but series definitely going to be a guy I keep my eyes on. I think it's one of the reasons why I wasn't too concerned with how the Astros offseason went with losing Correa because every season it feels like there's, you know, a guy like Jose Siri that comes up and turns out to be a pretty good productive player. Kyle Tucker just kind of came out of nowhere last year, at least in terms of my opinion. And he was an all-star level outfielder for the Astros. And they're, they're usually great at drafting. Like the reason why this Astros tank tanked worked so well for them is because they hit on those early draft picks most teams when they tank they can't draft for their life the Astros hit multiple players during those you know really really down years so for the Astros I'm gonna be watching Siri and I totally agree with your point of the splits because I think it's just gone too far sometimes at least when I'm watching these D-backs games and I mean you know I get it I mean you know I think from their point of view, they would say, well, we have empirical evidence that says otherwise, or we have yeah. these charts. And so, but to me, if Siri, you know, he's 26, 27, he's a little bit older. He was marinating in the minor leagues for a few years. But when he was at Sugarland, um, it, it was funny. I didn't get to interview. He wasn't one of the players I interviewed last year. But after I had actually got through interviewing Jake Myers right before he was called up, um, I, I saw Jose Siri sitting outside of the, of the stadium, um, and he was just texting somebody. I said, what's up, Jose Siri? I said, you're going to be a superstar. He's like, thanks, man. I said, hey, man, can we get a picture? He's like, yeah, sure. What's up? And like he he snapped a little selfie with me. And they said that he was like a 26-year-old in, in a in like in like a 12-year-old's body. They said, this kid, this guy comes to, he comes to the stadium with swag. He's got his gold. He's got his his like his like Air Jordan practice shoes. He's got all this stuff. And he plays with this exuberance and this excitement. And that's what this team needs. You know, when you lose someone like a Correa, you lose a lot of heart and soul. And not that anyone like Jose Siri replaces that, but this team has more people to fill those holes than most clubs do. I mean, you you just take a mainline player. I honestly can't imagine if someone like Aaron Judge leaves the Yankees. I just I can't see that. Like I think Aaron Judge means more to the Yankees than the Yankees realize. Mm-hmm. And with them not offering him a contract they don't like, just doesn't settle well with that whole situation. But I don't know that the Yankees could withstand losing a big player the way the Astros have. We've lost three big headline players yeah. in a row. And even though Garrett Cole wouldn't hear it established, like Springer, like Correa, we didn't raise them up through the minor league system. He was still – I was at that 15-strikeout game against the Rays. My son and I, that was the most amazing pitching performance I've seen in my lifetime. And I saw Mike Scott and Nolan Ryan and Bob Nepper pitch growing up. I mean, I've seen the greats. Um, you know, I've seen Roger Clemens. I saw Roger Clemens duel um, Greg Maddox at Minute Maid Park. I mean, so I've seen these duels and this team is built to last. Jim Crane does a hell of a job putting the minor league guys in the right place. They hire smart baseball people. They draft smart players. I mean, we got a kid right now at Sugarland AAA, Corey Jolks out of Friendswood out of Clearbrook High School, like 10 minutes from my house. This kid squats over 500 pounds. He's an absolute animal and he's out there starting the right field and he was killing it last night. He's got so much speed. He's got a cannon. We got so many guys that people don't even know about. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Shout out to everyone who tuned into today's podcast. 
Thank you to Brett Wheelhouse of Lockdown Astros for hopping on the podcast with me today and breaking down the series. We got part two with Brett Wheelhouse of Lockdown Astros tomorrow, discussing a little Jose Siri, what happened with Carlos Correa, and a whole bunch of other things. And we'll probably start off the pod talking about the D-backs versus Mets series, so it's not just Astros heavy for you guys tomorrow. And also, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners. Now go make your second listen of the day, Lockdown MLB, with my with my pal Sully. Maybe your pal Sully, too, because he is a walking baseball encyclopedia. He knows everything about the past, present, and maybe even the future with baseball. So go check out Lockdown MLB. And also, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I know I already said that, but I have to say it multiple times because I want you to know how valued you are. Please go check out the Locked On Now podcast, recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!